Hi everyone, Matt Guy here. Don't worry, we haven't got rid of your boy Andy Gillard, even if he does have some suspect views about Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm here to tell you to stick around to the end of the podcast as we have a treat from our friend of the show, Paul Clayton. Paul gives us a snippet of his new book, The Hoax, which is out on April the 1st. You can be pre-ordered on Amazon now. I've ordered my copy. It sounds like an excellent read and I think you'll really enjoy it. Stick around at the end of the podcast and we really, really hope you enjoy this chat with comedian Tom Stade, who was excellent value and was a really, really nice guy as well to boot. So enjoy. Hello and welcome to Cage Fighting, answering the big questions in film. It's your main man, Andy Gillard here. Hope you're all keeping well out there. Hi everybody, Matt Guy here. Hope everybody's doing well this evening. Hello, Stu Third as always. Hello. And not only do we have Stu in third, we've got a fourth this week. Mr. Tom Stade. Tom, are we all right? How are we doing? Uh, uh, I'm doing fabulous, Andy. Thanks for having me on the show. Man. Oh, I'm really excited the, to do this. The pleasure is all ours. The premise of our podcast, Tom, is we want to answer all of the questions in film. Anything anyone has ever thought of, we want to know about it, basically. Whenever we get a guest on, we've got three questions that we'd like to ask them. It's the same three questions every time. The first question, what is your favourite Nick Cage film? Okay, now I thought about this, man, because the first time, Obviously, we all know how he got famous. Yes, Andy? Through Raising Arizona. That, yep. is that, that was the major one. And I think that was back in the early 90s, if I'm right, or even I think it might have been late 80s. Yeah, 88, I think it was. Something like that. I remember I was still, I didn't have wrinkles back then. <laughs> but, but, and then he came out, I think, when when anybody asks me what my favorite Nicolas Cage film is, there's two that come to mind for me. And one of them's stupid and one of them's really fucking good. <laughs> now, the stupid one is Face Off. For some <laughs> reason, I love yeah. the premise of John Travolta <laughs> trying to be fucking Nick Cage. I thought that was fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> and and I loved when they went, you know, the whole fucking jail thing, and then he gets stuck in there. I thought that was great. But I think my favorite, my favorite Nicolas Cage movie has got to be Lord of War, man. Is that is that the right one? It's it's yeah. the one where he's the arms dealer. Yeah, and he's it's explaining. Film. Oh my god, that was the only one. I could possibly take him seriously. And the only other one that I kind of enjoyed, just because I'm a Marvel fucking fan, was everybody hates me for saying it, but it's it's fucking Ghost Rider, man. Like, that was uh, so underrated. But yet he played he played Johnny to a fucking T, man. And I thought, I thought that one, but if I had to, if I if I had to be real nailed down, I think Lord of War is probably his best movie. Well, I say we haven't had that one yet. So that's a great choice. We haven't even yeah. done that one yet. No, we haven't got to it. Uh, I have seen it like when it was first out, and yeah, I remember enjoying it. But yeah, we've got mm. that one coming up. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty, pretty heavy stuff, man. So I was like, going, okay, right on, guns and 
fucking war. <laughs> and he's got some hot chick that he's banging because he's got some money. What? Yeah, let's check this out. The, the next question. Are you a sweet or a salted popcorn man? What's your go-to snack at the cinema or when you're watching at home nowadays? Well, okay, Andy. Now, just let's also say this. I own a Cineworld card. So, oh, yeah, man. The greatest Bam. Thank you, Stu. (laughs) Um, Plus all the movies you can see for like 18 bucks. Are you kidding me, man? Um, And my favorite is uh, I, I, I don't even understand sweet popcorn. I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I, because the one thing being from Canada and, and um, from North America is if I had to pull it, it has to be salt, but you guys don't put butter and shit on your popcorn here. I was like, what the fuck you heathens (laughs) making me eat this shit dry? What the fuck is the matter with you? So, but when I always go, it's always large water and large salted popcorn. That's the one, man, for sure. Super. So a couple of weeks back, we had a guy called Imwa on the podcast, and he did the music for Nick Cage's latest film. And his wow. snack was the uh, salted popcorn with Reese's Pieces in there. I tried it the weekend. It's fucking <laughs> life-changing. It's incredible. <laughs> Oh, it's good. Okay. Yeah, loved it. Loved oh, it. I'll give that. Okay, I'll give that a shot, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love. Yeah. Well, it's two things that I really love. I just never thought they'd go together. There. <laughs> Neither did I. Like, no. Yeah, worth I it, like with. I like whiskey and beer, but I don't put them in the same glass, man. <laughs> oh, I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have. But I'm pretty drunk. <laughs> and the last question. If you could watch only one film for the rest of your life, what film are you watching? Oh, I think I think Stu's gonna like this one, man. My the one movie that I probably it used to be when I was a kid, I would have said Star Wars, hands down, all you know, all of them. But since Infinity Wars came out, I think it's the best cinematic epic movie I've ever seen in my life and i can watch it over and over and over again man it's funny it's dramatic it's got it's 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 again it's like it's like what um oh what's that it's like what ben-hur wanted to be the Mm. epicness of it do you know what i mean and and you know, plus plus it just adds into the yeah. <laughs> I've um, I've watched all twenty three yeah. in the last three weeks. So me too, man. Just, I've, I'm, we've been going through them all at Ragnarok. Amazing, but uh, first Thor and first Captain America mm, hmm. fucking can bite me. But you know, <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely infinite Infinity Wars for me, man. Superb. So I get the impression that you like your films to be big and bombastic, larger than life. Yeah, you betcha I do, man. Independence Day, 
2012, all, all the all the major ones, man. All, all, anything like that, you know. Whereas my wife can sit down and watch a Hallmark movie, and I just do it because I love her. <laughs> I mean, to be to be fair, we um we did talk about the Hallmark Christmas films a lot over Christmas, and then me and Andy are kind of obsessed with them in a more than oh, ironic yeah. way. <laughs> they're, they're terrible, but like watchable at the same time. Melissa Joan oh, yeah. Hart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I've uh, she's she's like a real fan of those. Anytime I, she can't stand horror movies. She she can't watch horror movies for some reason. So I haven't seen anything really gory in a long time. But but the Hallmark movies, man. We 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 yeah. We dined on that for like in, what three weeks, maybe, man. Every single one of them. Oh, she's just a girl and. He owns a ranch, and she comes to fix the ranch and help out financial. And she doesn't really realize she wanted to move to the city, but her real her life is really just in the country. That's where her fucking heart is. Going, Can somebody throw a shield at this bitch? Superb. Right, so we've got a bit of film news going on at the minute. Obviously, the big story at the moment is the Academy Awards have been announced. Mank has got 10 nominations, and then there is six with The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Nomadland, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Britain is well represented, taking eight of the 20 nominations. So Riz Ahmed, Anthony Hopkins, Daniel Kaluuya, Gary Oldman, Olivia Coleman. Kerry Mulligan, Vanessa Kirby, Sasha Baron Cohen. That is a hell of a response to everything over the last few years. And you also look at the people of colour who have been nominated. It's the most diverse Oscars we've had in quite some time. It's great to see that Hollywood is finally catching up with the movies that it puts out. Wonderful to see. Are there any films that you gents are interested in seeing that have been nominated? Yeah, I was looking at um, Sound of Metal and it's, eerily relevant to my own life really I didn't even know this film existed but I I play drums now and I, and I never wore ear protectors for like 10 plus years um and I feel the effects of that now like my hearing's awful I've really early like onset tinnitus with it and um and this is from what I understand it's a story of a, like a heavy metal drummer that starts to lose his hearing and how it changes his life um it might be a bit of like an emotional watch I don't know but um yeah I'm looking forward to catching up with that <laughs> Do you have anything on your list uh, from from the list of uh, Academy Award nominees? I think this Are is you... the first. Yeah, we'll go around. Um, I think the first thing ever, first time ever, that one of the films that I've actually seen has been nominated for an Oscar in *Trial of the Chicago 7, which was my um, my film of last year, Tom. For if you hadn't seen it, it's on Netflix. Um, yeah, absolutely wonderful film. But yeah, the um, the one for me. I mean, I'm not like. I'm not obsessed like it has to be in black and white like you are, Andy. Um, so <laughs> Judas and the Black Messiah for me. I mean, I've got it. I've got it. Just once I've got once we've seen the uh, the real film of the year, which is uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League tomorrow night. Um, yes. And, um, yes. Well, once that's out the way and um, it's watching sensible films, then that's on my list definitely. Good film. I watched it the other week. Cracking. Tom, anything Search. that you fancy? Uh, I, I, I'm actually finding myself, uh, attaching myself to Stu here for some reason, because the, <laughs> you, when you mentioned all those movies, man, the only one I watched too was the Chicago seven, man. I, I, 
I don't think I've even heard of those other ones, to tell you the truth, man. But the Chicago 7 one's the one with Abby Hoffman, right? And Sasha Barrett Cohen. Yeah. That, that's the yeah. one we're talking about. Yeah. Yes, yeah. That was a great film, man. That was absolutely mm. fantastic. But yeah. that's where the other ones mm, beats me, man. But, <laughs> you know, whatever. That's I the mean, Chicago, Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, do, do they have different movies over there? <laughs> <laughs> like, am I missing something? Because I'm pretty sure I've watched everything on Netflix now. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Chicago 7 one was absolutely fantastic, man. That's the one. That would be the one that I'd choose because it's the only one I know. Mm. Yeah, I, I properly enjoyed that. I thought it was fantastic. I called it as soon as I saw it that Car- uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's going to get nominated. He was just yeah. out of this world. Really, really good performance. He's an amazing actor, man. Amazing. Yeah. Like, properly. Like, you, you. sometimes you just think of him as Borat, but this guy's classically trained and shit. So, he, yeah, yeah. Good for him, man. Mm, definitely. We've got some sci-fi news. Are you a sci-fi fan at all, Tom? Mm. Try me, Andy, and we'll see what I see if I am or not. So, what District, District Nine, it has got a sequel yep. in production at the moment. So we're going for District Ten. Now, I've not seen District Nine, so is it worth a watch? Do you think? Pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> Joking, Matt. There in his drink. <laughs> I've never watched District Ten. Just not got around to it, man. Not got around to it when he, he watches like four hundred films a year. He ain't watched District Nine. So yeah, now, Tommy, is it worth a watch? Uh, I think it is. I, I, if, I, if it's the one I'm thinking of, man, is that the one where they're trying to get back up to the spaceship and all that sort of shit? Like they're they're down on the ground. They're, yeah, exactly. they're, they're, they're all fucked up or something. And they're, they're he's trying to, is that the one where he's trying to get to the, like they're all the poor people and they're trying to get, because the earth is destroyed and they're trying to get up to the, the it's, ba- it's the, basically the a spaceship came the aliens landed but the aliens have essentially been put into internment camps that's right they're, um, and they're, they're, it's, it's basically a metaphor for the apartheid um, right and, and basically they're second class citizens the 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 aliens and they're trying to get back yeah that's okay yeah no no district nine i, ca- I kind of remember that one i don't think that one's the, one of the big ones but i know which one you're talking about man mm. yeah no, it's, it's not. It's, it was um, very much an indie film at the time. Um, and I remember at uni doing a, an essay on it about comparing that to Avatar and how like the, the budgets were insanely different. But District Nine is amazing. Um, it, it's in. I don't know if it's the same world as Chappie, but stylistically, it's it's the same. It's really like it's really grey and dingy, and they make they make the most out of like very little budget wise. But it's a really excellent film, Andy. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, that's what that's what jumped out to me when I watched it the first time, and how good the effects are and still are. You, I mean, you could easily say, "Oh, that cost 150 million," and you wouldn't even shake your head at you think, "Okay, well, that's just how much it costs." Because it looked it looked superb at the time, and even now, you like you just mentioned Chappie. It, oh, it's got to be in the same universe. It has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's he's great in it as well. Charlton Copley, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I like him. He's really good. I think I'm going to have to rewatch that one, man. Sorry, yeah, you should. Yeah, you should. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm Just adding it to it my back list. Out, man. Uh, other sci-fi news this time on TV: the co-creator of Quantum Leap is hoping to bring back the series to our screens. Like, I really want to go back and binge watch the original. Like, I remember watching it as a kid, the odd episode here and there, and really enjoying it. But I don't really know how it ends. And she's talking about that 
when she created the series, they dropped something in the fifth season about one of Scott Bakula's sexual partners in it had a child and the quantum leap now is going to be about this child. I'm genuinely like quite fascinated by it. But so like you all fans of like 80s, 90s TV, is there anything you'd like to see be brought back? Well, I know it looks like I've had a, I know it looks like I've had a rough paper round, but in 99, I would have only have been nine years old. So I don't really much remember. It like, I know. So I don't really remember. But what I do remember is a TV show called Man O' Man. It was like oh a, yeah, with Chris Tarrant. It was like a dating show, but then if the women didn't like the men, they pushed them off a cliff or something like that into like a pool or something. Yes, I remember this. I, I basically wow. told, for as much as I love like artistic films and I love like you know epics. I, I really have a thing for trash dating shows. It's my new thing. Well, I've got, I've got Brum on my list, so but that's still on. Um, now, my real one was Sharp. I mean, Sharp, have you seen that, Tom? Sharp with um, Sean Bean? Uh, no. Uh, was, sorry, sorry, Stu. No, it's probably one uh, of them. Tell where me about it. It's, it's basically, it's, it's, is it Civil War? Is it, it's, when is it set? It's a, it's a, a long time ago. I mean, it's, it's basically a, a war series with Sean Bean, a young Sean Bean in it. Um, and it was obviously made for TV in the 90s, made for British TV. So the budget wasn't the best. But if you, yeah. you put something like Sharp on HBO, you're talking Band, Band of Brothers level. I really didn't believe wow. this. <laughs> like you, you're wow. sneaking there. Yeah, and yeah, obviously he does die at the end, obviously. But it was a war film, so a war series. But yeah, they should, really should bring back Sharp somehow. You know what's really funny is every time because I because I only came in here in around two thousand and three, so anything uh, prior to that, I'm like like English TV. I've, I've got to catch up on that. I, I got to. And the one thing I'm loving about listening to you guys, I'm going, that's like two shows now that you are going to make me fucking watch. <laughs> you don't need to watch <laughs> my own man. No, you don't. Oh yes, I do. pushing <laughs> women over a cliff. You don't think I'm not going to watch that, Matt? Pushing men over for whatever. Of course I am, Matt. Uh, I'm going to get a big bag of Reese's Pieces and salted popcorn. We're on, Matt. What was like like the first thing that you you noticed from like Canadian to British TV? Is there any like overwhelming, glaring red light things that you noticed that was different between the two? How so? Sorry. I don't know what you mean by that. Our TV is... It's very, very boring and bland. I find our like our own shows. It's not very, it's not very exciting. Like we don't do, we don't do car chases that go on national TV kind of thing like the Americans do, for example. No OJ chase. No, nothing like that. We don't get anything okay. nearly as exciting as that. So, well, I think I, you, you know what the one thing like if you're really asking, man, the one because Canada's kind of like England. They don't have any money for actual TV shows. You know, like I, I don't know if you. Like we got your shows, we got your whatever, but I don't know if you ever watched The Littlest Hobo or yes. any of those crappy little pieces of shit that seemed to go on for 13 <laughs> fucking years. Like, I don't even think the dog lived that long. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. But the one thing I did notice is I love, I love your soap operas here. Mm. And 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 Take the reason coronation. I, oh, Coronation Street, uh, not, the, uh, the East Enders and all of that sort of stuff. 
because it blew my mind when I was watching those ones. Because over there, we've got like uh, what, re, re, Young and the Restless and all of these other soap operas. And the one thing that blew my mind was in America, the soap operas are all about like super wealthy, <laughs> fucking fantastic lifestyles, you know, something to aspire to. And the soap operas here are like EastEnders and Coronation Street. <laughs> and when you watch them, it's not like you want to aspire. You're just glad you fucking ain't them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, so the American ones make you feel bad about yourself because you're not that wealthy. But the English ones make you feel fucking great because at least you're not fucking them, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is one um, Canadian TV show. I was checked it. It was it came out in 2012. There, so you you were already here. Well, um, Continuum. Mm, it, no, um, yeah. It was on Sci-Fi here. Um, okay. A detective from the year 2077 finds herself trapped in present-day Vancouver, searching for ruthless criminals from the future. Ooh. <laughs> Rachel Rachel Nichols, Eric uh, Eric Knudsen. And there's a okay. few there's people in there that you see them on the, doing the rounds on American TV with with just presuming they're American, which obviously there's that thing. Um, but yeah, it was really good, and they spent some money on it as well, amazingly. Really? Okay, okay, Mason. That's three movies, <laughs> <laughs> three shows we have to watch. <laughs> you know, my son in the corner writing shit down. Go, what the fuck? What is that one? <laughs> oh, we've got some Star Wars news. Obi-Wan Kenobi is joining the Cassian Andor series. It's going to be Ewan McGregor's version of Obi-Wan. Not much is known about the series at the minute, but I'm really looking forward to that. All we know is it's set five years prior to Rogue One, um, and it's set for release in 2022. And also uh, Genevieve O'Reilly is going to be returning as Mon Mothma. She's the woman who founded the Rebel Alliance. So I'm guessing yep. the story is going to be about that. I'm really excited about that. I mean, we're big fans of Rogue One on this podcast. Did, did you enjoy that one, Tom? I, I loved it. I, love it. I loved all the Star Wars. I, I love anything Star Wars, man. I, I mean, we were there in 1977 when it first came out, man. It's the first epic movie but the rogue one was fantastic and the, 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 like i, I love the fact when they go into the backstory about how princess leia got the got the plans do you know what i mean it was mm. it was absolutely fantastic and i'm always worried because disney's got their hands on it do you know what i mean yeah like and and it scares the fuck out of me that they're just gonna turn it into some sort of princess kind of kind of thing but 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 the last few i thought were okay and i I'm not crazy about Baby Yoda right now, but you know it'll bug in the mandolin. I'll uh, I'll work into that one. You know what I mean? I was more watching Wandavision lately, so I haven't really got around to checking out uh, checking out. Is it Mandalor? Mandalorian? Yeah, yeah, Mandalorian. Fantastic. And is it now? I Mm. I saw the first few, man. I saw the. It gets better. It gets a lot better. It does. Yeah, I, I hope so, man, because because I think it lost me on like that's I, I sort of tuned out at about the third one. I thought this is going fucking yeah. nowhere to me, man. But WandaVision did the same to me, man. I, I, the first two or three, I wasn't really into it. And then all of a sudden, boom, now I'm fucking right into it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. 
but yeah, I, I, I'd be totally excited. To, any anything with Obi Wan Kenobi for sure, man. It's just it's yeah. it's classic, dude. It's classic. Yeah, and you I know? think Ewan McGregor deserves a second shot as well because, like, the prequels didn't really do justice. Like, he was great in them, but those films didn't have a lot of depth. So I'm all for seeing Ewan McGregor in anything Star Wars related. Now, well, he got he got in a real bad position, man, because it, because. After you had like New Hope, uh, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, all of a sudden those other three, the you know, were always trying to compare to those three. Do you know what I mean with mm-hmm. this whole new cast? And 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 it, there's something about nostalgia that doesn't want you to like these new movies. Do you know what I mean? Like especially if you were raised on those three. And then all of a sudden you've got all these new cast, like Liam Neeson coming in as uh Whatever, Qui Gon. Uh, mm. That's right. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, I just found a phone a friend. Qui Gon, Tom. That's Qui Gon. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> oh, um, we're talking, while we're talking about Star Wars, do you love or hate the Last Jedi? <laughs> do I love? I love uh, like uh, the Last Jedi. Uh, the, the film. Yeah, I love it. Of course, I love it. Oh, it's fantastic. Man. That's the right answer. It's a Dude, fantastic it's, film. It, it is a fantastic film, man. Like the the whole thing behind it. The, 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 I'm all I'm all for those three. I'm all for those three. I'm with you, those uh, guys. That I want to hear the backstories of them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I want to know how they mm. got there. So when you tell me that there's one coming out with Obi Wan, and uh, and they're gonna start off on before Rogue One, I'm like, dude yeah it's just that's incredible at least they're doing something with it because it's got such potential like just to it, it it's got the potential to be like a marvel universe it totally does mm. yeah and the, the best yeah. part of rogue one the whole idea of the death star plans was uh, made by an english guy gary witter who wrote it yeah man Dude, dude, you betcha, man! From the from the moment they landed on his sorry ass little planet farm planet, there it was amazing, amazing, man. <laughs> uh, and in horror news, Ari Aster has confirmed he's working with A twenty four again. So that's the same production company who he did Hereditary and Midsummer with. His next film is going to be Disappointment Boulevard, and um, this will see Ari Aster's paired up with Joaquin Phoenix. It's described as an intimate, decade-spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time. Like, I think I love Ari Aster's work. Yeah, we, we both and I do. Think, yeah, and I think that Joaquin Phoenix is a really great actor. Like, he never Best. misses. I, 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 don't get me wrong, Joker, I'm a little bit indifferent to for a few reasons. What? But his performance was incredible. I, I love him in that, and um, you were never really here. Like, what a performance he put in in that! Just mind blowing. Are there any other performances you guys can highlight that have uh, Joaquin Phoenix's? When I mentioned it a few weeks ago, I think when we were talking about um, imitation versus um, just copy, copying, and walk the line. Mm. He was absolutely brilliant yeah. in walk the line. Um, I think as um, it's not really. <laughs> It's hard because obviously we don't know Johnny Cash to be that, that well. So, and there ain't much footage of him. So, it's the essence of Johnny Cash is in Wacking Phoenix in that film for me. I love, absolutely loved it. And it was one of the films I watched with my granddad as well. So, always but a good didn't, 
didn't um, did, you know what that shows what a great actor he is is what you just said there because you guys don't really know what Johnny Cash actually looks like so now you've got in your head the fact that Johnny Cash is you would probably assume if you saw a picture of Joaquin he, he did the same thing that Val Kilmer did for Jim Morrison you know mm. what I mean like mm. when I think of Jim Morrison like I, I I have Val Kilmer in my head for some reason because watching the Doors movie, he, he, you know, he did such a fantastic job being him. And Joaquin did the same thing with Johnny Cash. But there was one movie with Joaquin that I loved. And I think it was panned. And it was, um, it was, I'm not, I think it was called I'm Not Here. Is that the one that I I'm think thinking you, think of? you were never really here, the one where he you plays were, a hitman. No, no, no. This one is... Like, I, I got to remember what it was. He was like, there was a scene where he was on David Letterman. They filmed him on oh, David shit, Letterman. Yes. And, 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 and everybody. Yeah, man. Yes. That's the one. And, and, um, oh, Ethan I'm Hawk. still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. That's yeah. the one. And everybody thought he was like, it was him being crazy. But when it turned out that that was the whole purpose of the film i was uh, i was like blown away i thought this was what is this a biopic of joaquin or whatever mm. but but i was like going wow dude that that guy really hit the nail on the head for me there yeah. man but he's just he, he's you know i mean look at the shoes he had to follow too river <laughs> phoenix's yeah, brother exactly. man i mean come on dude River was supposed to be their big guy and all of a sudden joaquin turns out to be the best fucking <laughs> one yeah <laughs> Way to go, Happy. <laughs> Matt, any uh, Joaquin Phoenixes on your list? Uh, yeah, performances I mean, on he, your list. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't like the main man in it. But do you remember the sci-fi film Signs? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. That mm. film. I saw that at the cinema. I. It's not a scary film at all. But the bit where the alien walks past at the party shit me up to no end <laughs> i remember being like price it really got me and that's just a, that, all that's all i think about when i think of that film is how much it shit me up for like 10 seconds max you're probably only about eight <laughs> well, that's probably why yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that me and the fly my poltergeist for me man mm. i think the only time i've ever jumped at a foot of it was uh unfriended oh and host there's just something about zoom meeting um, horror movies just shit me up. Like proper got me really good. But yeah, I don't get scared often at films, but they did it for me. But for for context, you were watching a Zoom-based horror film on a laptop in bed in the dark. Yeah, that didn't help. <laughs> it was my own fault. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, that's you guys would... Oh, sorry. Sorry, carry <laughs> sorry, on, Tom. Sorry, yeah. Andy. Uh, I'm trying to think. There was one with the... We were, I just mentioned Ethan Hawke. But he had one of the best horror movies I'd seen. It was he was like a crime novelist writer, and his kids ended up killing him in in, in the end. And I can't it's it's escaping my. Uh, do you know which one I'm talking about, man? Like, yes. um, um, I know you guys have sinister. a computer to look at. sinister. That's yeah. the one. That was I've seen sinister. Yes, easily one of the fucking shit your pants even at fucking. 50 man mm. I'm, I'm glad i wasn't eight when i watched that one. <laughs> <laughs> ethan hawk right. is he even decent in the first purge like all the other purges turned yeah. to shit but that first purge film is really good 
He's he's very underrated, man. But he, he every every time I mm. see him, he actually he actually comes out decent. But you just don't think about him. You know what I mean? And yeah. then maybe that's what makes him a great actor is because he he's sort of versatile in that kind of way. Mm. And there's another film called First Reformed with Ethan Hawking, and it's just this drama mystery thriller where the whole world's about to go to shit, and he plays this priest who's trying to talk to his people and keep them all in check. But really, his life is just going down the shitter. And his his portrayal of this man torn apart is incredible. Like, he's a, wow. such a good actor. Like, like as you say, really underrated. And a bit of everything as well with Gataka or Gataka, whoever you say that for. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So that's all the news done this week. Matt, have we had any listener questions in? Yes, we have. So we'll do a few, a few quick fire ones uh, and then we'll get on to the meat of the pod. Um, so Ash okay. Dolan, long time listener. <laughs> I'd love to know what was going through his head when he thought this, but what is the biggest breed of dog that you could single-handedly lift and duct tape to a pole? You have to lift <laughs> yourself and duct tape it yourself. Not sure what film that relates to, but um, I like the fact he said single-handedly. Yeah, <laughs> like, if you bring in a quick like with my left or my right hand, those are two different dogs we're dealing with. Here. <laughs> right, yeah, my like, left hand's a little bit weaker. <laughs> like, uh, do I'm we have sure a Staffy? Maybe Staffy Bull Terrier. They're they're pretty girthy as a dog. Yeah, but that? like they'll struggle against you. There's no way you're gonna you have to pick one up and hold it in place to duct tape it. It would need to be something like a, a Bichon Frise or something tiny <laughs> that you can just hold in one hand and you'll be fine. Yeah, one of them handbag dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> one of the wiener dogs. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> Uh, David Evans wants to know, um, since we're getting a four-hour film via the Snyder Cut, what film or films deserved a longer version so it could truly tell its story? Ooh. Tell you what, and I'll I'll stay in the DC universe for this. Superman 2. Now, I know that we got the Donna Cut, like, 2008, I think it was. But imagine if they could actually go back and have and like reshoot it and do everything that Donna actually wanted to do when he originally envisioned his trilogy. And if you expanded it out to four hours, you could you could have his version of of Superman two, and then he wrote a comic book called Last Sun, I think around two thousand and five, which was going to be his third film in the trilogy. So yeah, Superman two, and then you can incorporate his Superman three into it. That would be my choice. Mm. Wow. Return of, Return of the King for me. There's maybe four hours instead. <laughs> you can't go enough. It's long enough, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, that is one movie just cut up into three, dude. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, I've only got six hours. I've, you don't want to add two more hours, don't you? I've only ever done it once when I've watched the extended versions of all three of them back to back. And it was, I mean, by the end of it, I, I, I literally woke up, had breakfast had something to eat in between the films and they went to sleep. Wow. It was too, it was too much. I think, um, I think I'd really like to see uh, an extended version of the first Godfather film that could incorporate more of the, the, the characters in the, in the book that don't really get a chance to explore. So the book just loads on Johnny Valentine and um, Luca Brasi and how much of a bastard Luca Brasi is, but they don't really get that across in the movie. Um, if they had a bit more time to show how, how like sinister he was, I think that'd be really cool. Mm, wow. 
Um, and final one from um, Andrew Wright. If you had to, or if you, who you would not want to owe money to as a gangster or a loan shark, who would you not want to owe money to in film? <laughs> wow, that's you know, easy, man. Go on, Tom. He was going to say the same as me. I know what, he's. Well, I, what, what, what do you think I'm going to say? I think you're going you're to say Jabba the Hutt. No, man. No, 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 no. Fucking <laughs> Joe Pesci. Fucking yeah, definitely Joe Pesci. Good fellas. You betcha. Tommy. Hey, Tommy, go get my shoe shine box. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, that so that, easy. That's easy, man. Yeah. 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 Never. Not in a million years would I want all that guy money. The first one that came to my mind, the one I would owe money to would be Darius Emmanuel Grapes Third. From <laughs> he's just fucking inept the one i wouldn't want to owe money to um the butcher from gangs of new york daniel day lewis's oh. character like he had such an air of menace and he was borderline psychotic he would be the one i'd be too scared to owe money to i think mm. excellent well then thanks guys for your questions as always we really do appreciate you getting in touch with us uh cage fighting pod Pardon me, Cage Fighting Pod. Get your questions in and we will answer the big questions in film for you. Superb. Cheers, Matt. Uh, so the first question at the meat end of our podcast, what have you watched lately? Matt, what's been on your TV? Um, so I've been oddly obsessed with BBC doing these documentaries on like a year in Top of the Pops. So basically, it does like the, that year. What are you laughing at, Andy? What's so funny about that? <laughs> I don't even know about this. No, it's class. Honestly, it's class. It's like they did 79 recently, and that was like the back end of punk. It was the back end of disco, starting like synth music and stuff like that. And it kind of just tells you what's going on in the world at that time. So that was the start of like Thatcher in Britain. Um, and it was very much like the old cronies, like Cliff Richard out and all these new young bands were coming in and it, it's just a really interesting documentary that kind of highlights what was going on at that moment in time in history I think it's really really entertaining and I, I finished listening to um Darren Brown's audio book called Boot Camp for the Brain um which is kind of a, a series on, on Audible so I've been going through his back catalogue of shows where he basically tricks people and exploits them on television and <laughs> makes them like but it's, it's interesting because they you know He'll make a massive racist stand up for an ethnic minority in a in a fight and stuff, or get people that are scared of heights to like abseil and stuff like that. And it's just it's just stupid TV that I love. That when I haven't got a lot of time to like watch stuff, and that's the kind of stuff I want to watch. Wow. Right now, Tom, what have you been watching lately? Uh, I'm gonna be real. This is gonna be pretty embarrassing, man, but. Like uh, during the whole lockdown, the, my whole family, we've gotten into 90 Day Fiance. I don't know okay. if you've heard of that tell one. Me, tell me more. <laughs> it's just, TV, it's, well, well, it is. It is because like the, the well, it, it's pretty much what it says on the tin, man. But you've got Americans going to foreign countries to marry like the like there was one where this chick from Florida uh, ended up going to Jordan and not understanding like the, the actual Muslim culture to the point where her parents are yelling at this guy, you're about to marry a fucking prostitute. And like the guy, like the guy, uh, like actual death threats coming from the dude. Right. And, 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 and the reason we, I, I like it a lot because it's, it's like that. It's like that, uh, 
it's like a video to show you what other countries are actually like. Do you know, mm -hmm. there was this other chick that went to Ethiopia, got pregnant in Ethiopia, had a baby in Ethiopia. I started understanding how much things cost in Ethiopia. <laughs> like, I thought Ethiopia was cheap. Fuck that, man. Ethiopia is fucking expensive. And you can just buy, like, a chicken on the side of, like, the guy goes, hey, you want, you know, when you go to Tesco's or whatever. Like, if you want a chicken filet, man, you got to go to the side of the road. The guy's going to pick the chicken I'm about to fill in <laughs> front of you. And I'm like, this is fucking awesome, man. And then it also goes the other way where the, where the, where the, 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 the Russians or whatever come to America. And Americans, like, when they go over there, the people over there are actually kind of in love with these people. But the Americans, when they come over here, they just think that every country is shit compared to theirs. <laughs> and, that, and that all they want is a fucking green card. And, and it just, I, I, and the one thing I like about the other one is it just, it really exposes how fucking arrogant and kind of fucking up their own ass Americans are as soon as somebody comes to their country. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it, it, it's just, it's fascinating to me, you know, plus, plus I like the dynamics between just two people trying to think that they're going to get fucking married in 90 days because of the K9, K1 visa or whatever the fuck it is. But yeah, that that's my shit, Matt. That sounds yeah. good to me because I've, I've had married, good, at first sight, married at first sight yeah. Australia binge. So that's my kind of. Uh, my kind yeah. Of <laughs> oh, and WandaVision. Don't get me wrong. I've <laughs> other shit too. But that one, that one is my guilty pleasure, man. Excellent. Steve, what have you been watching? I'm going to be watching that now. Yeah. <laughs> He's been sold it to me. Um, oh, you love it. There's two things. Obviously, I'll, I've mentioned already that I'll, I'll finish the MCU. 23 films, three weeks, done. Um, and then this week I've watched the um, the DC ones in preparation for... I mean, I've still got Suicide Squad to watch, which is, has to be done, I suppose, um, in preparation for Justice League. But, yeah, I watched two series. Again, Netflix, as I, as everything is. Um, the first one called White House Farm, which is based on a real crime in the 80s, um, a, a murder-suicide of um, a, a mom, two kids, and her parents. And that's a six-part series. on. It was on OTV last year in 2020, but it's on Netflix now. Really excellent, really well done. Um, the other one was Murder Among the Mormons. Now, <laughs> three, <laughs> three parts going into it. Investigative documentary with a bit like of actors and stuff playing out some scenes, but obviously because it's based in the 80s. And a story I'd never heard of, obviously being over here, um, based in, the, in Utah, and what a crazy, crazy place that is. Um, saying anything about it would spoil it. So it's only three parts. It's two and a bit hours. Just two hours forty-five. I'd say just go and watch it. It's just, it's just crazy. It's mental. But there is one thing I've added to my uh, series link, which should have always been there in the first place, and that's Naked Attraction. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, are you aware of Naked Attraction, Tom? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's the one where they show the, they show the body as it goes down. Is that right? Yes, you but... betcha I'm aware of that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, I think it's got more extreme this series. So I thought, well, I hadn't watched it for a while. And I'd caught the odd one after like a Europa League night and something. And then 
I thought, I really need to watch all of these now. So I've, I've got right back into naked attraction. <laughs> How do you get more extreme than being naked still? Unless they're fingering themselves on telly or you go you go and watch more extreme in the uh... by the way that's a great show matt finger yourself on tv that's a great one yeah everybody would watch that it's the uh wondering if they're doing it right david david the uh cuts of red shoe diaries that is um (laughs) it's just there's more extreme body types let's just say that oh okay okay cool Speaking of David Duchovny, I have recently restarted watching X-Files on Disney+. Plus. Like, the upscaling of the old footage is fucking incredible. It looks beautiful. It's so well done. Uh, last week, I watched Coming to America. Really disappointed with it. Like, yeah. I love the original. The original's class. This sequel was shit. It, I just didn't laugh once. And I like Eddie Murphy, but it was appalling. I- what Turned it off time? halfway through. Turned it off halfway through, man. Oh, man Couldn't yeah. even watch it. It was that bad. It was yeah. that fucking bad, man. I was I was really pissed off, actually, because I thought, oh, my God, Eddie Murphy's coming back, man, because I haven't seen him for a while. I don't know what he's been doing, man. Like, Harlem Nights was great, all, all of his movies. But mm-hmm. this one, he was he was fat. <laughs> It, it was it was fat. It, it, it was like he wasn't really even interested in it. Do you know what mm. I mean? It, it 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 felt to me more like a paycheck my uh, a paycheck movie for him than anything. You know. So yeah, no, I, I'm I'm on that one. Not not that was that was just fucking disgusting, man. Yeah. I don't even know why you made it. Are we How it got like, released? I don't know. Are we talking Independence Day too bad? Uh, worse. <sighs> I would say worse. Because at least I got through Independence Day too. <laughs> I didn't even get through this one. This one was horrible. And I love David Duchovny, by the way. He used to date a chick that lived in our house a long time ago, Matt. He used to always come over and all that. Chick with big tits. It was amazing. <laughs> tell me more. He lo- yeah. <laughs> think I'll, I'll get her to tell you more. <laughs> I remember first walking through the door. Aren't you the guy from the x I am. Is fucking Michelle here? Yeah, okay. Probably getting old. Wow. <laughs> uh, and I watched The King of Comedy. Um, for some reason, this one's escaped oh, me for many years. But I love Martin Scorsese's work. And I recently signed up to Mubi, which is just full of like old films that are just classics. But there's some odd ones on there, like Inflatable Sex Dolls of the Wasteland, which is a, Jap- <laughs> a Japanese pink movie. <laughs> Proper fucking weird. But yeah, I saw that King of Comedy was on there. So I thought, oh, it's about time I got around and watched that. And you can definitely see where Joker got its inspiration mm. from. Superb yeah. film. Really, really enjoyed it. Robert De Niro just is the greatest of all time. There's there's no argument about it. He's phenomenal. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah love the dude. Do you think he's a great actor or do you think he's become Robert De Niro? <clears throat> I I still think he's a good actor. If you asked me that about Pacino, I think Pacino has just become Al Pacino. Like he went once he hit the devil's devil's advocate. Advocate. Pacino just started doing I'm going to shout because that's what Al Pacino does in films and he just became this caricature of himself that's why I don't hold him in the same regard as I do Robert De Niro right 
Right. The, I, I find all those guys, the longer you're in it, it's harder to see them as actors. Do you know what I mean? Like from, mm. when you've got King of Comedy, uh, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, all of that sort of stuff. It's all like when they were really young and still, you know, nobody knew who they were. They were the Ethan Hawks of their day. Right. Mm. And then the longer they're around, it's hard for me to see like Jack Nicholson in a movie without going, that's Jack Nicholson. I don't mm. care what the fuck his name is. That's that. like Robert De Niro's recent one was what the Irishman. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. And, and again, in, in that one, it's like, uh, you know, you could have casted somebody so much better than Robert De Niro. I understand why you did it. Cause you guys are buddies and all that sort of stuff. But I just find, I find the older these guys get, and they are legends and they are great actors, but there's just seems to be this curse that, you're so used to them because even in comedy you can do a robert de niro you know the whatever the fuck they do you know what i mean they got yeah, that yeah. you know you just have to move your lips and it's fucking robert de niro same with al pacino right but try and do an ethan hawk fucking impression see see how that fucking goes <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> Like, yeah. like, so it's hard. It's hard. I'm not saying that they're the greatest actors in the world. I'm just saying he he's kind of cursed for being around so long to be a great actor. Do you know what I mean? Whereas mm. Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix is walking into that territory too. Speaking of, you know, because he's becoming like he, there isn't a movie he doesn't do that isn't great. You know what I mean? So yeah. you're gonna fi find his movies later on unless he can keep that pace up. You know, he's good. He's just going to go down as a legend and Robert De Niro is a legend. And, you know, I've got no, like if Robert De Niro were here, he'd go, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Piece of shit. <laughs> you know, but, but know. that's just how I feel as a fan. No, I know what you mean though, Tom, because he like De Niro brought out like the intern and he was in like Las Vegas and he was in like these like funny, but, they're not the epics that we're used to seeing him in. And those, those kind of films tarnish a legacy in a way as well that, you know, you can't keep bringing out classic after classic after classic. I understand that. And people rightly so just want to be paid. Like I get that, but yeah. I know exactly, I know exactly what you mean about that. Like, you know, he's at, at the point in his career now where everything that he brings out will be, well, he's not as good as when he was in Taxi Driver. It wasn't as good as when he was in Raging Ball. And, and, and I know what you mean. Uh, yeah. He, and so and I don't know. Sorry, <laughs> really into this so, one. <laughs> no, you're saying that now he's doing car insurance adverts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what's really funny though? I mean, and I don't want this to come across as sexist or anything like that. You know what I mean? But women seem to not have that same thing. Like when you think of Meryl Streep, or you mm -hmm. think uh, of all the the great women that have been around as long as Robert De Niro has, they don't have that same stigma to them for some mm -hmm. reason. You know what I mean? Like, um, Oh, who's that? Uh, uh, oh, what's your, fuck? Oh, I hate it when my, there, there's like Meryl Streep, um, fuck, fuck, uh, all, all fucking, what the fuck is her, her name, what's man? She, what's she been in? She was in Friends. I, I hate to say it. She was in Friends. Jennifer Aniston? Um, no, no, no. She she played Joey's one of Joey's co-workers on an acting scene, and I can't oh, for some reason. I, I know who you're on about. Um, I know it's escaping me right now so bad. 
She plays uh, the one in um, what's the what's the name of the show? He's in uh, the Doctor's show. Um, I'm so embarrassed that I can't remember her name. Days of Our Lives. What is it? The Doctor's show in Friends is called Days of Our Lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It was. It, anyways, the, the the girl. She was also in uh, the Banger Sisters. Susan Sarandon. Oh yeah. Susan oh, okay. Sarandon. You know what I mean? Uh, like all those ones, they seem to be able to move on and still play great roles that's why meryl streep's won so many fucking oscars because mm-hmm. she's that fantastic but but I, I just find the women that that's an advantage for some reason of being a woman is that you don't you don't have that stereotype mm-hmm. uh stigma brought along with you as you go along in your career mm-hmm. yeah you know what that articulates my problem with tom hanks Oh, no, oh Christ, here we go. Like that is exactly what it is. <laughs> like yeah. I, I think Tom Hanks is fine, but he's Tom Hanks in everything. Yeah. He's Tom Hanks. So th- that's exactly you've just summarized what my issue is. Perfectly. Here we go again. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> I don't know what you've talked about before, but yeah, him. you got that one right. There you go, Andy. <laughs> Captain Phillips. <laughs> oh, 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 he flies a plane and then he flies a plane and then he's on a boat and then he's trapped on an island what and it's always the same guy every time yeah yeah man yeah. yeah i remember him i remember him how he even got his start man do you remember the sitcom that he started off in no no i don't remember bosom buddies bosom buddies man <laughs> not heard of that yeah, bosom buddies. Him and the guy in Beverly Hills Cop, Balky. I think the guy was Balky or whatever. The guy in Beverly. You've seen Beverly Hills Cop, yeah? Yeah, yeah. The the, the judge <laughs> Judge Troy, not Judge Reinhold. The other he one. He was the guy that <laughs> the he, he, he was the feminine guy that was uh oh the feminine guy. Oh yeah, your shoes and all, this, all that. Yeah, him and Tom Hanks had a, had a okay. movie called, not a movie, but a sitcom called Bosom Buddies. And it lasted for a little while. Check that one out, Andy, if you really yeah. want to go for a hate on. Okay. <laughs> I've not even heard of that one. Uh, so the next question, that will be yours, Stu. Well, it's pretty easy and on the nose. Who's your favourite Canadian actor? <laughs> Matt? Um, I mean, there's a lot. Uh, excuse my ignorance, Tom. Half of these people I had no idea were Canadian, so I'll send that, okay. that straight away. But no so, respect. But Will Arnett is hilarious to me. So Arrested Development was one of those shows that uh, when I watched it the first time around, I was in floods of tears watching it. It was so funny, and he's really excellent in it. He's really excellent as this kind of like downtrodden. Um, he's like the the butt of the joke nearly all the time, and he plays that role so well. Um, but then he's in like the Lego Movie, and he's in like. He's in a lot of Batman. Voice, voice work and stuff that's he's really excellent in as well. Um, yeah. I'm just a big fan. and I mean, he's been in some stinkers as well, don't get me wrong, but I just think his, his performance when he's being comedic, it's just, I can't, he's just got one of those faces that I just laugh at, not, not, not in a nasty way. Yeah. But I just think, <laughs> no, I just think Willard, that's guy. amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Is that your favourite though, Matt? Is he your favourite Canadian actor, Will Arnett? Well, for this, for the sake of us not all having the same person, I'm trying to deviate, allow others to. Okay. Uh, so, for the, for the sake of diversity, <laughs> whenever okay. this happens, though, we, we 
Whenever this happens, no one ever picks the obvious one, do they? <laughs> that is true. Joking. What is the obvious one? I want to know what the obvious one. Because well, I know, I know. In we'll my see if he comes up. Who's my favorite? Is he a fat guy? Possibly. The obvious one. You're thinking <laughs> a fat guy? Yeah. Who? Who? John Candy. Love John We've, Candy. We've. Um, we talked. We talked about John Candy around Christmas, as as is the rules. Mm. And yeah. Oh, okay. John Candy. Is he your favorite? Is uh, I'm just. I'm trying to guess. Is I, I, the, I, the... I thought John Candy would come up at least once, but he, right. We are. Proof, proof of the pudding. He is. Yes. So Andy, what, who's yours? He's a, he's a god. Uh, I've got an honourable mention, and I genuinely don't think either of you will have him, but Rick Moranis, just because I think he could have been one of the greatest exports. Like he gave us some brilliant films, like Little Shop of Horrors, Ghostbusters know. One and Two, Brewster's yep. Millions, Spaceballs, and he gave it all up to look after his family, and I really respect that. Yep. Um, but my actual choice is Seth Rogen. I just think wow. Seth Rogen. He he's just got a direct line to my funny bone. Like Matt says, you just see his face, and he makes you laugh. That's what Seth Rogen does with me. So you look at stuff like Knocked Up, Forty Year Old Virgin, Zach and Miri make a porno. Paul, 50-50. He even makes watching James Franco acceptable. That's how oh, good cool. Seth Rogen is. Oh, wow. Ouch. <laughs> so, yeah, Seth Rogen mm. for me. Okay. So, Tom, yours, yours, well, you're going to go with some obscure TV show for the <laughs> 80s. No, 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 no. I know who mine is, man. Fucking hands down, the guy that makes me laugh the most is Eugene Levy. Yeah. Oh, I don't excellent. know. I we just watched. He, he he's always in bit parts. He never like. I mean, he was in. He was in uh, uh, the whatever. Uh, American. Pie. We just finished. Yeah, American Pie. But we just watched. We rewatched Vacation with Chevy Chase. And and I don't know if you remember, but he was the car salesman that mm. sold them the the golden piss covered car. <laughs> <laughs> And there's just something that guy doesn't even need a line to make you laugh. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. his face is so like everybody says your acting's all in your face because it is, man. But Eugene Levy is just like kick ass, and 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 he was only in it for five minutes, and I'd forgotten how funny the dude was. Fucking when he was yelling over, "Hey, hey, get get Mister." Uh, True. What was his name? What was the vac- vacation? The Griswold. Get Griswold's car back. <laughs> and it's been smashed. And <laughs> the look of his eyes. You're going to love this. So for me, it's definitely Eugene Levy, man. Yeah, I, I recently watched um, Shit's Creek with him and his son, Dan. Yeah. I, 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 watched, I tried to watch it a couple of years ago and I got to the first few episodes and it didn't stick with me. And then I watched it recently across a few weekends and I absolutely loved it. Eugene Levy yeah. was incredible in it. So it's him and uh, Catherine O'Hara, who've obviously done quite yeah. a few films together, like A Mighty Wind, Waiting for Guffman, yeah. all the uh, Christopher Guest movies. And Do you know what? Their relationship's perfect. So well done. Brilliant. Do you know what you guys would really love, man? Because you've named all the actors. Do you know where they're all from? Do you know what what show they're all from? Yeah, no. They're they're from a sh- Canadian, an old Canadian. Uh, it was like a sketch comedy show called SCTV. Go mm. and check out SCTV, 
and it was Canadian. It was the Canadian version of Saturday Night Live. Oh, nice! But okay. it was fucking hilarious, man. <laughs> and I will, I will state my reputation that that show has stood. It had Joe Flaherty in it. Do you know Joe Flaherty? Mm-hmm. Uh, Catherine O'Hara, uh, Harold Ramsey, Harold, Harold, Ramis. Yeah. Ramis, yeah, yeah, Ramis. Sorry, uh, it had all those guys. So if you get a chance, watch SCTV. You'll fucking die. It's probably on YouTube and shit like that too. Oh, amazing, brilliant, cool, brilliant. Martin Short as well. Yeah, Martin Short. You bet. Wow. Oh, eight point five <laughs> on IMDb as well. So. Okay. Oh, you've looked it up already. I'll, I'll just I'll just screen grab it straight away, just to look at <laughs> yeah. it later. Um, You're gonna love it, man. You'll love it. It's it's like an ongoing theme, man. So it's good. Anyway, excellent. I mean, my honourable mention. I thought someone would say Jim Carrey, so let's just put him there now. Um, but someone who changed TV in a way, Kiefer Sutherland, twenty-four. Mm. Oh nothing, wow, yeah. Nothing. I mean, I know he was born here. Represent, um, but. <laughs> Obviously, he's Canadian. His parents are Canadian, but yeah, he was. What about his dad? Yeah, the pe- <laughs> both both parents are Canadian. I checked earlier. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not jumping down your your little hoops. <laughs> I I actually thought about this the other day. I can't remember if I've ever seen anything with Donald in ever. Have you not seen Matt? Animal House? And yeah. Oh, Animal. It's been. This is this is what the problem is. Things that happened before uni. I was just wiped from memory. <laughs> so it's, it was like late teens and things like Animal House and things. I, I never saw, I never watched MASH anyway, but Animal House definitely. But yeah, 24, the first few years, absolutely wonderful, superb series. And it kind of, the budget on that from Fox was superb. But the actual answer, Keanu Reeves, three decades of class. Bill I can't Reeves Canadian. List, yeah. 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 <laughs> what the fuck? Really? No, well, okay. Raised, now I'm a little bit blown away, man. Raised, raised in, raised in Vancouver. He obviously was born in Beirut, but yeah. Okay. Technically Canadian, bending the rules slightly, but yeah. He's, he's well, just... then I'm English. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That's fine. Fine by us. Resident, Resident, <laughs> he can play for the Canadian football team. That, that counts. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Ben and Ted, Matrix, and now obviously the best. Hitman series you could possibly get. So, and well, if Cyberpunk ever works and we can ever play it, <laughs> it that as well, because he uh, apparently people who played Cyberpunk 2077 said he was great in that as well. So, yeah, Keanu Reeves, just world class. Yeah. Mm. Brilliant. Super. Yeah. So, Matt, your question's up next. So, I want to know um, who has the worst British accent in a film? Uh, Tom? You know what? For the greatest Canadian actor, <laughs> I'm definitely going to say Keanu Reeves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, if I remember right, he was a, his, he tried to do a British accent in um, oh, was it? it was Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> when he when he came down and and it was it was absolutely. Not that you know what at the time, I don't think I would have been able to tell the difference. <laughs> but now that I've been to Wolverhampton, <laughs> nothing like the English at all. Uh, don't we know it? Yeah, man. 
Excellent. Uh, Stu? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's one that, I mean, even when I was younger and I heard this, obviously there's, there's Dick Van Dyke because that's just fucking atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Kevin Costner <laughs> in mm. Prince of Thieves. Just piss poor. It's you can't even say it's it's kind of oh he does a bit of cockney. It's just not anything. It's it's not English. That's the one thing it's not. And it's I mean that that film's that film's not as good as it used to be either. If you try and watch it now, it doesn't hold up at all. Um, it. No, even Men in Tights is better than it now. It's about it. Yeah, Kevin Costa for me just absolutely atrocious. Fair enough, mate. What about you, Andy? Well, I'd actually got Keanu Reeves in Bram Stoker's draft as well. <laughs> right so I, it's awful. It's almost Indian. I, I genuinely don't know who he's doing. <laughs> but, so I'll go with my honourable mention. But my honourable mention isn't a foreign person doing an English accent. It's an English person doing an English accent. Charlie Hunnam yeah, Green Street. He's Obviously, he's a Geordie. And he's trying to put on one of the most easily imitable accents in a Cockney accent. And it sounds nothing like it. It is almost Dick Van Dyke levels of dreadful. <laughs> yeah. It's just horrific. So, yeah, Charlie Hunnam's my answer then. Well, on the, there's one there's one similar to that. I know you probably haven't seen it yet because you refuse. Rock of Ages. Um, oh, I've, I've seen that. Russell Brand's yeah. Brandy. Mm, it's not... not it, no, it's not... I don't know if... I mean, Tom, you've, you've li- I've lived around here for a while. Could you tell... Yeah. Have you seen Rock of Ages? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. If um, if Russell Brand actually sounded authentic to the area... No. No. <laughs> that's, no. That's the perfect answer. <laughs> I sound more Brahmi than him. Yes, you do. <laughs> well, my, um, my answer was um, Charlie Hunnam. Um, because he's from Newcastle. Newcastle's basically Scotland... So there we go. But no, he's um, it's, <laughs> it's unforgivable. <laughs> it's absolutely unforgivable. It like is. like you should be able to do, being from this island, you should be able to do all of them, man. You know well, what I yeah, mean? You should. Uh, I could do all the Canadian ones. So the thing is he couldn't he couldn't sound he sounds like he's from the furthest place from Britain because he sounds Australian. <laughs> yeah. He comes across as Australian. I don't know how. I don't know. It's a it's, it's a marvel of of, of of an acting performance that he manages to do it, even if unintentional. But mm. um, yeah, Charlie Hunnam was mine, funnily enough. Oh, I've got a question for you, Tom. Obviously, being okay. from North America, so when Brits go abroad and do North American accents. Are there any yeah. that stand out, like good or bad? Because to our ears, like they all sound, or they usually sound okay. But is there any particular highs or lows that you can think of? Uh, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll answer this by, I just think it's, for the British actors, it's easier to do a North American accent because there isn't mm. that tongue roll you've always got. You know, you got your twang, you know, you got your, fucking from the Bronx, you know, or whatever, but you don't have that, like, like I couldn't do a Scottish accent to save my fucking life because <laughs> my, my tongue just doesn't work like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But when you go, when, when an English actor or actress goes over to America, for some reason, the American accent is just a lot easier to do, man, you know, and I'm trying to, think like i mean liam nielsen in in um 
the taken and all of that sort mm. of stuff. Like, uh, I mean, that's a, for him, it's a, it's a cakewalk. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm trying to think of all the other dudes, like even fucking what's the black guy out out. Albus Almy, what the fuck's his name? Thor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, you know, I mean, that guy's, but he, they, for some reason, I just think the North American accent is easier because it's a bastardized accent of the original English. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's a dumbed down English accent. So I think, I think that's the reason that you don't find too many uh, British actors doing shit American accents. Fair. Okay. Fair. Makes sense. Makes Is that sense. okay? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. And the last question of this week is mine. Who is the best actor to have begun life as a stand-up or live show comedian? Tom, who's your favorite? You know, you know who I'm going to say, and I bet you none of you are going to get this, is Jamie Foxx. Oh, <laughs> I think I think Jamie Foxx is easily one of because the dude can has has range, man. What <laughs> Jim Carrey? <laughs> no, uh, J- J- Jamie Foxx Jamie's just bunker. yeah, yeah. Jamie Jamie's killer, man. He's like uh, he's he's like what was the one he was in Collateral or whatever? Mm. Tom Cruise, all that sort of stuff. Plus, he got to be in the Marvel Universe when he became uh, Electro or whatever in, in Spider-Man and all that. But I just I just think he, he, he acted. I, but some of these guys, here, here's what I do know. Some of these guys use stand-up to get into movies and all that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. I think, you know what I mean? Some, some guys just really love stand-up. But I think Jamie, Jamie was always going to be a great actor. But it turns out he was an awesome stand-up, too. I don't know if you've ever seen him, but he was pretty mm-hmm. fucking wicked. Yeah. Because he, he can do, do impressions and everything. He's, he's got such a nice range to him, for sure. Mm-hmm. And he's a good singer as well. Like he's a, a jack of right. all trades. Like he can do stuff. He's really good. Mm. Triple threat, man. Yeah. Triple threat, man. Yeah. Funny can act and play fucking music and sing. What? <laughs> Stop it. It's not fair, is it? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> okay. See you later, Jamie. I'll just be here in the dredges of comedy. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, who is your pick? I've gone for the really obvious here. So sorry. But I've gone for uh, Robin Williams. Um, now we talk about um, we talk about a face yeah. that makes you laugh. Now, um, we mentioned already that good choice. What you do um, with your face is it's all visual, obviously. But he he just has this knack of whatever he wants to do, he can create it. You could you could, he, he could just be a moving head and he portray any role he wants to be because he can mm-hmm. play out with his face so well. Um, and he's you know. We talked about before one hour photo that you can take that serious route as well. Um, but, but from comedy chops, you know, he goes from the extreme in like Mrs. Doubtfire and, and things like that, and then taking it all the way to like silly things like Jack. And then it's just so he's, he's, his range is really excellent. And so sad, like what happened to him as well. And yeah. I just think that time will be kind to Robin Williams because he, he's just, he's touched so many people in, not like Kevin Spacey, as I saw on your list, Stu, um, but he was, he, um, so, you know, time will be good to Robin Williams because, you know, he means a lot to a lot of people. I met him, Matt. I, really? What was he him. like? Yeah, he's awesome, dude, man. Fucking, he gave me the best piece of advice I'd ever had in my entire life. Matt. Oh, really? Oh, God, he said, if you're going to be a star, you might as well start acting like one, Tom. 
I was oh, really? so nervous. Yeah, I was, I was on a show with him and Chris Rock and Ray Romano in New York. It was fucking amazing. But listen, do you want to know why I didn't choose him? Go on. When you when you asked that question, mm. is because the question is who started as a stand up actor, and then who started as a stand up actor? <laughs> like fuck, what am I talking about? Stand up comedian and became an actor. But I think Robin Williams oh, was an actor okay. that became a stand up. To get into acting, so you know what I mean. So, so I don't know if that's a technicality. He was also <laughs> we play he's hard, also we an play awesome hard and fast stand-up. with the rules. Don't on think this. he ain't, man. <laughs> well, uh, I remember that show. Robin came on, and R- Ray Romano just started yelling, "Show's over!" Because no one can follow him. <laughs> Can't follow Robin fucking Williams. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry, sorry. If I, if I can choose someone who's born in Beirut as a Canadian, then you can have Robin Williams. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah we'll, I'll give it to him. <laughs> yeah, I was, um, I had got Kevin Spacey there, but yeah, I mean, he, I was going to say he touched a lot of people and you've ruined that as well. So, <laughs> yeah. But, you know um, who else? Oh, sorry, sorry. No, I was going to say, I mean, I, I love House of Cards and I'm obviously the usual suspects, which Andy hates as well. Um, and there's a lot of things where he's, really really good even in um call of duty he's really good in that um but yeah obviously he can't be talked about anymore so um what were you gonna say tom yeah uh there was one other one you guys always have an honorable mention yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'd love i'd love to put mine in michael keaton man i didn't know michael keaton yeah he started off as a stand-up man but he, he i think i think he's like I don't think he's the greatest actor. Like, I don't think Michael Keaton is. But, man, he's done some good movies, man. Like, I, I really, I mean, the obvious one, <laughs> Beetlejuice and all that sort of. Oh, hey, right <laughs> Beetlejuice. But Birdman was, was oh, fucking fantastic, love man. Love that film. You know what I mean? And and every now and then he surprises you. You know, like the other, in the, in the little comedy where he plays the, 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 the police chief and the other guy. Yeah. The other guy. Yeah, he's great in that. I thought he was great in that. Yeah, he Get was. out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Break it up. <laughs> no, no, no. And they're all whispering. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, he, he, he works at the Bed Bath and Beyond, doesn't he? Keeps saying TLC references. If that's what I'm, <laughs> if I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, man. <laughs> there was um there was an article in I think it was Empire last year. It was Empire or Film, one of the film magazines, and um about how if he'd have been cast as Batman, well, if there was Twitter around when he was cast as Batman because he was a comedian and he was a stand-up and taking that role, I mean, mm. Twitter, I mean, it would have made the whole Batfleck thing look like <laughs> candy from a baby situation because, I mean, imagine that now. Imagine ca- casting someone like, like Russell Brand as Bond. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. effectively what it was. Yeah. yeah I remember um, Kevin Smith talking about it and he was saying that, like it was the internet before the internet was there and everyone was just screaming, he's Mr. Fucking Mom, what is wrong with this? But he ended up being like damn near perfect for the role. Yeah, and it's one of the one of the good points in the um Robocop remake as well. Not many in that film, but he's decent <laughs> in that. Yeah. Have you got any other choices, Stu, or is that your uh well, that, that, was my, pick? <laughs> that was what threw the real <laughs> taken away from me? <laughs> So I've got an honourable mention because I don't think any of you would have mentioned him. Um, Tracy Morgan. Like, I don't think he's the greatest actor in the world, but I love his stand-up comedy. And I just, every time I see him on screen, 
I'll, I'll give it a chance just because he's in it. He was literally the only saving grace of coming to America was Tracy Morgan was in that film. And that's enough for me to watch a movie. He's in it for two minutes. That, that's fine. But mine is Tina Fey. Mm-hmm. I absolutely adore Tina Fey. She is just a bit, a bit like I mentioned with Seth Rogen, that he's great in front of the camera and uh, behind the camera. Everything she does, I just find it brilliant. There's just something about the way she writes her characters. I find hilarious. So 30 Rock is one of my top five sitcoms. I think it's absolutely yeah. tremendous. Unbreakable Kimmy, Kimmy Schmidt, which she wrote and starred in part of it as well. It's such a weird slapstick little comedy that not many people have seen considering it's on Netflix and it's available to everybody. But it's just, it's very unique and it's just encapsulated in this tiny little world that probably not a lot of people would get. But if you like Tina Fey's work, you will be into it. Obviously, she was on Saturday Night Live for many years as a writer and then performer. Um, I'll give anything a chance, even Baby Mama, which was not a great film, but she was in it with Amy Poehler. So, like, I will give them my money all day just so I can watch Tina Fey. I think she's brilliant. Good call. She wrote Mean Girls. And she wrote Mean Girls, yeah. Did she? Yeah, she did, yeah. But there's some of this, like, I've got Richard Pryor on my list as well. Like, if oh. it wasn't for Richard Pryor, we wouldn't have had that duo with him and Gene Wilder. Like, Stir crazy. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I remember being a kid watching their films and it felt almost taboo watching them as a child because they would, it felt like it was near the edge of what was acceptable for kids to watch. But when you look at it back, it's actually quite safe, but love them. Brilliant. I'm but, really surprised you picked R- Richard Pryor. I'm really that yeah, of course. Actually, mm. I'm I'm surprised I missed Richard Pryor for some reason. I never, yeah. I never, I just he's such a he's he's in that legend category that you, you forget. You're right. He he's he's the godfather of fucking modern stand up comedy for sure, mm. man. Plus, plus he's a fucking mega movie star, man. He was he's, he's he was pretty much dynamite in most things he did, man. Yeah, Even in one. Superman good 3. Like, yeah. <laughs> and without Richard Pryor, you don't get Dave Chappelle, you don't get Eddie Murphy. Like, no, none of them. And, and they're all dudes I absolutely love. So, And Chris Rock, who you mentioned, Tom, before. Yeah. Again, he's not the greatest actor, but I will watch anything with him in because he's in it, and I think that's quite an honour. And the other one They've I had on my list... great comic timing. Yeah, perfect. And the other one on my list was Larry David. Curb your enthusiasm is genius. Nah. Just nah. genius. <laughs> I'm David. not a Larry David fan, man. Oh, really? He, no, he's okay, man. He's okay. <laughs> I, uh, he's a, I, I, you know, because I know he wrote Seinfeld and all that sort of stuff. And mm. and who am I to criticize him? But I, I didn't really, I, I wasn't really grooving off of Curb Your Enthusiasm at all, man. I thought I thought it was it was a little too self indulgent for me, man, to, okay. to hit the mark. You know? Well, I, I, saying that I never I didn't get into it until last year when I had mm. I had COVID in March last year, and I was just, you had COVID? I, yeah, I, I was I'm still here, so I I was I was bedridden mm. for four days and I couldn't move and I lost half a stone, but it was needed. It's probably needed now. But <laughs> wow, um, I gotta uh, get COVID. Fat. <laughs> okay, so you're but, saying I can lose weight on this? Shit? <laughs> hey, one of the, I'm one gonna of... put the ce- put the cigarettes away, sweetheart. I got a new diet plan. <laughs> We're going to an illegal rave. <laughs> <laughs> Go lick, lick the lampposts. 
but yeah, we. Had, <laughs> I was in. I was in bed for four days, and then not had been talking about Curb for years, and I'd watched it briefly, and I, it didn't click for me at all. And I'd watched a, a documentary on Maradona and how great he was, and I thought I needed something light now. And I watched. I think I watched four series in the space of two weeks, <laughs> and I just got it, mate. It was class. So Ooh. it might be one of them things. It might be a time thing. If you give it another chance, maybe you'll get it. I'll check it out. Well, I've got a few others before I fucking. I, I'm gonna have to be really bored before I put that <laughs> shit on, man. <laughs> Nothing against Larry David, though he's probably hilarious. I just, it's just not for me, man. But I'll check it out again. I'll check it out for sure. Have you got any kind of projects going on at the moment, Tom? Same way as we're talking about movies and all that stuff. If you love comedy albums, man, I got like three really great ones going on right okay. now. So, oh, cool. so I, I would really love for people to to go, you know go on YouTube. I, I give them all away pretty much for free, man. So, fucking if if I can get more traffic on those things, that'll be great, man. And then we'll, I love yeah, a comedy yeah. album. The comedy album seems to be something that's lost in the modern day. But the only ones I listen to now, like Chris Rock's got a handful of them on um, iTunes that I listen to. You just can't seem to find. Oh, and um, Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. Like he's on iTunes. I loved Mitch Hedberg. Like it's a damn yeah. shame that he's no longer with us. I think he's fucking brilliant. I was around when he was around, dude, man. We were really? all cool, man. Yeah. Oh, dude, man. <laughs> People forget I'm 50, man. They think I'm fucking young. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, I was born in 1970, dude. I, the, uh, fucking Bonnie McFarlane married, uh, her best friend married Mitch Hepburn, man. I can't remember that chick's name, but she's Shaw Shaw something. Yeah, they're like, all, all of them are cool. But you will you should go and check out some of mine, man. You'll, yeah. you'll love Totally rocks, I swear. Fucking, uh, you know, I'm very underrated in my own head. <laughs> I mean, and, modi- and modest. Yeah. <laughs> I underrate myself. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to yeah, say, I'm okay. <laughs> I've seen you two or three times now. And I've got to admit, every time I've seen you, I've had a fucking great night. I think I saw you oh, at the Glee Club. Um, I think. Um, Jim Jeffries was on that night, if I remember as well. Yeah. And there was one, um, you did the Grand Theatre in Wolverhampton with Pappies. I think it was a oh, charity yeah. gig. Yeah, I was there yeah, for that. Man. I love oh, Pappies. And then like we went there and there was you, Izzy Sutter, who I'd, I'd love and never got a chance to see before. So such a good night. It was like a charity yeah. gig and there was seven or eight. And Dan Kitson was the presenter. Fuck, Dan Kitson might be the funniest dude I have ever seen. Whoa, Just, whoa, tell him when I'm not around, okay? Apologies, <laughs> but like that, that dude just works on a complete different level to, to any other British comedian I've seen. Just incredible. He's amazing, man. And funnies, you know what? There's too many kinds of funny, and you know what I mean? There's mm. just too many kinds of funny that you can't you can't say one person's better than the other. Do you know what I mean? Because it's just it's too open to to who you are and what kind of comedy you like, man. But mm. Daniel Kitson for me also does rank up there. So we're 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 definitely on the same page, man. The yeah. dude's a fucking genius, man. Yeah, have he, you ever say have you ever listened to um Peter Cook and Dudley Moore's live albums in the past? <laughs> Is it, they're, they're I like bit, to get really high and listen to those. Yeah, <laughs> my, my, my dad my dad had them on a copy of it on vinyl, of all things. Um and he's I mean, my dad's like 64, so he's not 50. So, <laughs> but he's um, he's a lot older, so he had all this stuff. And I, I thought I must have listened to that when I was about 12. 
And I thought I've got them all all on CD now as well. I've I should burn them and put them in the group so you can listen to Andy. They they're incredible. Yeah. I've listened to some and they are great. And like I've got some of the old um, Monty Python's vinyl as well because they they did all their shit and put it onto vinyl. Their contractual obligations album and stuff like that. <laughs> and it's so like I grew up listening to comedy albums and that. And so I'm a bit used to it. But like I say, it seems to be a dying art. You just don't seem to hear of it that much anymore. No. The last no, one was we... um, Rich Hall. When I went to see Rich Hall, and he's got a couple of albums as his Otis Lee Crenshaw character. That was really yeah. good. We were. I was in a play that he wrote, man, called Best Western or something like that. He wrote a play way back when, and he cast me in it. And Rich has been a friend of mine for a long, long time. But let, listen, here's a guy. I want to know if you guys know this. One of my favorite comedians is a guy named Brian Regan. Don't know, no. Have you no. ever heard Brian Regan? Okay, well there you go. There's some homework for you, man. You're gonna <laughs> love Brian Regan. He, he's the only guy. He's the funniest fucking dude. He's the best storyteller. He ranks up there with Jim Brewer for me. And I don't know if you know who Jim Brewer is. Mm. I've heard that name. Yeah. Yeah. Go and listen to Jim fucking Brewer too. Those are two guys. I'll give you some homework for, and then. You're obviously Doug Stanhope fans and all yeah. that sort of shit, yeah. of course. Yeah. Observation. God himself. <laughs> yeah. I remember um, Doug Stanhope did a few bits on Charlie Brooker's screen wipe and stuff like that. So that was how I got to know him, which led yeah. me down this rabbit hole of all these just like almost unknown, unless you're in those circles, I think. Yeah. Yeah, like to the yeah, wide public, yeah. they probably wouldn't know Doug Stanhope, but I think once you get to know him, he's like fucking genius. Well, he's got the same thing as we got. I I hate to say it, but he he doesn't really advertise himself that much. And once you find him, you love him. That's mm-hmm. about it, man. And and he just he's just one of those comedians that is, is like I I he's been going probably the same amount of time as me, man. And, and so I've watched his career, you know, from, uh, what was it? I want to say the first album was something working class hero or something like that. It was, Mm. it was fucking crazy, man. And, and everything all the way to, uh, beer hall push and all that sort of stuff, his work along the way. is just, it's just phenomenal, man. It's fucking a game all the way, man. And, and because he's not so mainstream, he got, he doesn't worry about having to fall into cancel culture and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So he's a, mm. he's a survivor. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't cancel him if you fucking tried, because as soon <laughs> as you tried, it'll be an album. <laughs> They'll call it <laughs> Doug Stanhope canceled. <laughs> like <I have. laughs> Anyway. Yeah. He, yeah. He's a crazy man. But cool. Brian Regan and Jim Brewer for you guys. That's your yeah. homework for me. But that is on the list. It's like the longest list I've made. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Right. So that's us done for another week. Next week, we'll be doing our picture part and we are doing a Nicolas Cage Academy Award nominated performance. We'll be watching a film called Adaptation from, I think it was 2002. Haven't seen it for a long time. Um, I remember enjoying it, but I'm looking forward to going back and watching that one again. Uh, please make sure that you've got us on the Twitter at CageFightingPod and any emails you want to send to us, get them into CageFightingPod at gmail.com. As you're listening to us on your smart device or wherever now, please make sure you've subscribed so you don't miss an episode. And if you could leave us a review, that would really, really help. Tom, where can people find you on Twitter? 
I'm, uh, I'm on Twitter comic. If you really want to hear me rant every morning about what's going on <laughs> in my head. Uh, I'm not really, uh, not really on Facebook, but if you really want to catch me, just, just go on to Apple iTunes and Spotify, type in Tom state, and then we'll get to know each other that way. And I'll, I'll probably see you at a party after a show somewhere. Sounds how's good. that? <laughs> There's a, how's that for a plug? Huh? <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, so for this week, Matt, would you like to say goodbye? Take it easy guys. Look after yourself. Stu, would you like to say goodbye? Wake the fuck up, Samurai. Goodbye. Sam, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. You've been an excellent guest. Would you like to say goodbye? Hey, all right, man. Things are about to get dangerous out there. <laughs> goodbye, Tom State. <laughs> it's goodbye from me. And remember, be excellent to each other. Oh, there, cowboy. Hold your horses couple of things uh, since we recorded that episode. We've had a little change of tact uh, with the Zack Snyder Justice League coming out. So next week's episode is going to be a deep dive into that film. Uh, an uncaged episode which goes on nearly as long as the uh, film itself. A really extended bonus one, but it should be a really, really good listen. And then we're going to do Question Cast 22. And then, as scheduled, moved on to adaptation, going back to our picture pod films stick around as we mentioned because we're going to play a quick clip from the hoax from our friend paul clayton so we hope you enjoy and we'll see you next week so a couple of weeks ago i had the real joy of talking to the boys on the cage fighting pod and they asked me to pop back to tell you about my new book the hoax which is a psychological thriller that's coming out on the 1st of April and some people think that might be a hoax but it's not. It's available on Amazon now for pre-order and on Foils and Waterstones and Hive for paperback and ebook but the boys asked me if I give you a quick glimpse into the hoax which is a tale of friendship and the bonds that keep us together and what happens when one person in that friendship thinks they're not getting a fair deal and decides to do something about it. So this is the first time I've ever read from one of my own books, but here we go. I don't care about your fucking dog, said Frankie. That's my fuck shit car you smashed into a pissing wall, you stupid fuckhead of a dozy bitch. Cora was impressed by Frankie's command of the advanced Anglo-Saxon insult and wondered how the woman would deal with the screaming harpy that was now Frankie Baxter. Thirty minutes' conversation in the café had given Cora no idea of the possibilities of Frankie's rage, and she found it exciting to behold. A youthful man in a dark green polyester jacket and with the beginnings of a moustache arrived, more than a little breathless. "'Now, ladies, please. Who the fuck are you?' barked Frankie, advancing on the new arrival. Uh, "'I'm uh, Warren Hedgeman.' <clears throat> he fought to summon the courage to continue. I'm the duty manager of the supermarket. Sensing an ally, the tall woman turned her smile on him. I'm so very sorry. There seems to have been a minor accident. A minor accident? Too fucking right, love. Frankie was turning a shade of puce, and Cora began to worry for her health. 
Frankie, she said, why don't we get the shopping and uh, step back into the store with this gentleman to sort things out, insurance details and the like. Oh, what an excellent idea, said Warren, relief pouring off his forehead in the form of sweat. After all, the last thing we really want, ladies, is a fight in the car park. At which point Frankie punched the other woman in the face. Well, I hope that gives you a taste, and it goes on to involve all sorts of nefarious activities. Um, I'm hoping it's a bit of a page-turner. Uh, it's funny, and hopefully it's thrilling. The hoax. Thanks for letting me back, boys, and keep up the great work on your podcast.